Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. And before we get into it, make sure to head over to Instagram at fairlylame underscore to catch all the visuals that go along with these stories. And while you're over there, chuck your notifications on so you know each and every time I post. But these are the stories we're having a look at this week. The US is doing a national nature assessment to answer people's questions about the current state of the environment. Massive Aboriginal artworks are being planted into the ground as a part of an eco-cultural restoration program in West in Australia. A coastal wildlife sanctuary was built using the dirt from a railway tunnel to offset the crucial habitat that's vanishing from English shores. Thermal satellite imagery and 360 degree cameras are being monitored by artificial intelligence to detect fires just minutes after they ignite. Makuru clean stoves have saved African families over $20 million and prevented 500,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions. And Australian school kids have started their very own fashion label featuring garments they've repaired to divert clothes from landfill. And a reminder to let me know down below if you're watching on YouTube or over on Instagram Instagram at fairlylame underscore any uh, good news stories or innovations that you come across so I can include them in next week's episode. But before we dive into our first story, I gotta let you guys know that Four Oceans August cause is dolphins. So if you missed last week's episode, uh, you'd be unaware that they now pull five pounds of plastic from the ocean for every product sold. It used to be just one pound, now it's up to five pounds. So for every bracelet, uh, you help support their cleanup of the seas by providing jobs for their full-time cleanup crews they employ all over the world as well as the Balinese artisans who make the incredible bracelets uh, and in case you missed it they recently uh, about a month ago they surpassed the 30 million pounds of plastic removed uh, milestone absolutely incredible work if you want to suss out all the stuff that they're doing all the links to their website and all that down below and while you're over there if you feel like picking anything up make sure to use the code fairly lame for 20% off store wide America is conducting a national nature assessment to answer the questions people have about the current state of the environment and inform environmental policy the primary goal is to comprehensively evaluate the nation's natural land landscapes, watercourses and wildlife populations with particular interest in filling critical knowledge gaps. The government pretty much just asks what federal agencies, the public and traditional owners want to know about America's natural resources and their responses were used to define the main overarching themes. These themes being conservation and natural resource management, economic interests, human health and well-being and national safety and security. So within the context of conservation, the comments highlighted a need to investigate what areas of America need to be set aside to comprehensively protect the country's biodiversity as well as how culturally significant ecosystems and species should be managed in the future. In relation to the economy, they'll look into how many jobs are dependent on nature and what aspects of the economy are connected to its status and trends, as well as where future development could be undertaken to maximise societal benefits whilst minimising environmental harm. For health, people want to know how the changing environment has impacted human well-being in different areas and what nature-based solutions could be implemented to reduce these risks in the future. And for safety and security, where in particular could climate change force Americans to migrate from, where could they go and what challenges might they face getting there. The report's expected to be complete by 2026 and the public comment period is still open so if you are in America and want to have some input I'll leave the link down below and see our next story is from here in Australia about some incredible work that combines Aboriginal art with conservation. Massive Aboriginal artworks are being planted to allow traditional owners to reconnect to the land whilst revitalising the region. The Noongar elders wanted to put the Dreamtime story back into the landscape in art form so each design has its very own meaning and story that's connected to the area. And so these incredible plantings are a part of the Gondwana Link program that's aiming to reconnect the wet forests in southwestern Australia to inland woodlands 1,000 kilometres away. And as well as seeding, they're also digging in water retention mounds to mitigate surface runoff during heavy rainfall and instead encourage water to soak into the soil and enhance the area's resilience to droughts. So since it started in 2006, the project has garnered the support of over 10,000 individuals who have helped transform 750 hectares of previously degraded farm and bushland. And even if the project isn't able to establish a continuous habitat corridor, restored patches still serve as stepping stones that allow wildlife 
wildlife to move between different protected areas in the region so they can respond to seasonal changes. Alongside the environmental benefits, the program also provides meaningful opportunities for Aboriginal youth by offering employment as well as the ability to reconnect to country, bring life back to their lands and collaborate with elders. In one of the replanting areas, they even established a storyline to pass on information about different rites of passages and how to properly care for the land. The program also allows these communities to generate a significant amount of income through the sale of carbon credits as field-based assessments have found their work to have already captured up to 40% more carbon than initial models estimated. And so quite a few stories in this week's episode are about landscape conservation or with their own little twist but as always let me know down below or on Instagram what areas you guys want to hear more or less about. An incredible 400 acre coastal wildlife sanctuary was built using the dirt from an underground train line. For London's new Elizabeth line 3 million tons of soil was removed and instead of just dumping it it was instead used to re-establish historic habitat that's also able to store massive amounts of carbon. The site's located on the Essex coast, a stretch of shore that has less than 10% of its natural ecosystems remaining after years of coastal erosion, rising seas and farming. And at this spot in particular, Wallace the Island, the natural salt marshes and lagoons were cut off from the sea and drained by the early settlers so the land could be used for animal agriculture. But to undo the damage, you couldn't just remove the seawalls as after years of farming, the land was two metres below sea level and doing so would lead in too much water. So instead, the clean fuel from the train line was used to build the land back up and various ponds and channels were sculpted into restore natural lagoons, salt marshes and mud flats capable of supporting a rich array of species. And once reconnected to the sea, the tidal flows deposited the seeds, sediment and nutrients crucial for establishing a healthy self-sustaining ecosystem. Beyond serving as habitat, the restored landscape also acts as a buffer against climate disasters, prevents the flow of agricultural chemicals into the ocean and could even store up to 350,000 kilos of carbon per year. And as a part of the initiative, 17 kilometres of trails were constructed to allow people to come out and enjoy this remarkable new landscape that now attracts over 30,000 visitors each year. And so now for our next story, we're shifting our focus to the cutting edge technology that's being used to detect wildfires. Wildfires in America are being detected within just minutes thanks to AI. So instead of relying on human spotters or 911 calls that may be delayed or false alarms, AI is being used to scan massive amounts of thermal imagery for substantial temperature differences between the surrounding environment and a potential fire. It takes just nine minutes from the time a blaze is first detected to when the local authorities are notified and on top of speed, another significant advantage is that the software remains effective even at night time when it's harder for humans to identify smoke. Additionally, there's also the option to install high resolution cameras on telephone towers to scan the surrounding land in real time, which is amazing for areas where satellite imagery isn't being collected as frequently. The cameras conduct a 360 degree sweep every minute, looking for signs of smoke within a 30 kilometer radius. And when the AI detects it, it uses 5G, thanks to the telephone tower it's mounted on to rapidly send a live stream to first responders so they can verify what's going on. And while these innovations can't single-handedly combat blazes, if they're integrated into firefighting systems, they can be great tools for reducing the amount of fires that slip through the cracks and escalate into major disasters. And for our next story, we're looking at a vital initiative that's providing safer cooking stoves for African families. Makuru Clean Stoves have saved Africa African families over $20 million and prevented 500,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions from entering the atmosphere. Around the world, household air pollution is responsible for an estimated 3.2 million deaths per year, with the majority of these women and children as they spend the most time cooking. But whilst living in one of Kenya's biggest slums, Charlotte Magai came up with the idea of a safer stove for her community after she and her daughter regularly experienced respiratory issues due to the use of traditional stoves. Charlotte's stoves are made from recycled metals and can reduce the amount of smoke the chefs are exposed to by up to 90%, depending on the family's previous cooking method. Each one costs $10 and of this the women agents selling them earn a 10% commission which might not sound like much but on average this money has increased their family's income by 40%. Overall since 2017 they've sold in excess of 250,000 safer stoves and improved the lives of 1.2 million people. And as the new design requires only half as much fuel as traditional stoves, families are able to redirect money
money into buying high quality food and thereby enhancing their well-being. And for all this incredible work, McCrew Clean Stoves won an Earthshop prize back in 2022, which had 1 million pounds of prize money attached that's already being utilized to expand their operations and assist underprivileged families in Ghana and Nigeria. And now onto our last story of this week's episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, make sure to let me know either down below here on YouTube or over on Instagram, any good news or innovations that you come across so I can include them in next week's episode. Australian school kids have started their own fashion label featuring garments they've repaired to divert clothes from landfill. On average, one Australian throws out roughly 20 kilos of textiles per year and over in America, this number jumps up to 37. And when the kids learnt about this, they immediately wanted to get involved and started accepting donations of clothes that couldn't go to second-hand stores as they may have been ripped or stained and came up with the solutions to get the most out of them. A lot of the students had never seen a needle and thread before, but those who had taught the others how to patch holes and mend tears, whilst the rest worked on removing stains that even their parents couldn't get out, and one kid even invented a machine to stretch clothes into a new size so they can grow with you. Absolutely every item that was donated either got repaired or repurposed into other things like tea towels and dog toys to send as little to landfill as possible. And when it was all ready, they'd proudly attach their custom hang tags and take it all down to the local thrift store where they had their very own section. According to the charity, their collections are constantly selling out as people just absolutely love their stuff and all money generated is reinvested back into supporting the local community to provide things like meals, beds and financial assistance. So guys, that will do us for episode 51. I hope I said that at the start. Episode 51 of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, let me know your thoughts down below here on YouTube or over on Instagram. And uh, yeah, hopefully you have an incredible whatever the hell you're doing. We'll catch you guys next week. And uh, yeah, see ya.